0: fill up every day at his pump, lest we forget where the gas comes from. Welcome to Follow Me to Heaven, where God's word is truth and your questions matter. I'm your host, Jonathan Romero, and today we're going to be looking at Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. So, before we get into that, um, I just want to recount what we talked about last time. And we just uh, went through Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 11, uh, where Paul basically sets the stage and letting us know and letting the Colossians know. Obviously, he's writing to the Colossians, <clears throat> he's letting them know um, what is earthly in you, put that to death or considered dead. Um, and then he starts naming them out. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And then he lists another five more. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk. And he makes a mention that that is not how we ought to speak anymore. That is not us anymore. Um, and then he goes on And says, but Christ is all and in all. So because of that, because of the new life that God has given us, there are some attributes uh, that no longer define us or should no longer define us. So what should define us? And that's what we're going to get to today. Um, I'm going to just read Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to read from verses 12 through 17. So it says this, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ roll in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So, let's go back to verse 12 and uh, let's just, let's talk. Let's uh, go through that and see what um, the Lord has inspired Paul to write. Um, And obviously, since this is in uh, God's Word, this is in the Bible, uh, it means that it is important. And we have to read it and we have to uh, understand it. And the only way we can understand God's Word is by the Holy Spirit. So we must ask the Holy Spirit to guide us and help us. Um, as we go through this, so verse 12, it says, put on then. So when he says put on then, he's basically making a point that, Hey, I just mentioned something. Don't do that. Put on then. So we put to death or we consider dead what was earthly in us. And now we are putting on then, uh, you could say what is now heavenly in us. The Lord has given us life. And with that, uh, we must resemble that. We must show. And it says here, put on then as God's chosen ones. So we see that we are the chosen ones of God. So all of those who are believers, all of those who are Christians, true Christians, just know this, that God has chosen you. Um, and that's crazy to think about, right? The God of the universe, the creator of all things, um, chose you to be one of his own. He continues on and says, holy and beloved, set apart, that's what holy means, and beloved. Right? Who is the one loving us? It's the Lord. And it says, put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, and then he says, compassionate hearts, no longer is wrath and malice, anger, slander, obscene talk within us. What we are to put on are compassionate hearts. A heart that is compassionate. One who seeks others and sees them more significant uh, than ourselves, than yourself. It says kindness, right? Again, kindness, apart from God, Um, You cannot obtain that. It is impossible without God. All of these are impossible without God. Um, Especially the way the Lord calls us to uh, show compassionate hearts and kindness. And then we get humility. Again, uh, humility is the opposite of pride or being proud. And we know that God opposes the proud but gives grace to who? The humble. Let me ask you, are you humble? Has God shown you humility? Has God brought you to a point where all you can do is to submit and be humble before God? Well, that's a good thing. Because what the Lord is doing is he's causing you uh, to put on as his holy and beloved chosen one all these virtues. And then he goes on and says meekness and patience. When I think of meekness, I think of when the Lord, uh, starts teaching and he goes through the Beatitudes and he says, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the kingdom or shall inherit the earth. Again, it's, it's one of those that the Lord is after in a believer in one in whom he has chosen. And it says in patience, right? We all deal with that, um. We all have to uh, learn to be patient, and sometimes, or a lot of times, uh, it's not like the Lord tarries His answering prayers, but what the Lord does sometimes, or a lot of times, is that He doesn't answer your prayer right away. Uh, sometimes it can take days, it can take weeks, or even months or years, really. Um, but through that, we must be like the woman who is at uh, the king's door, knocking and knocking and knocking until the king says, all right, uh, whatever you want, just name it, right? So I would ask you, like, how important is your prayer? And if it's that important, then continue praying. Be patient, right? And then we get to 13, verse 13, and now we're dealing with other people. Uh, now we're dealing with one another, right? Before that, we show compassionate hearts to one another. We show kindness to one another, humility and meekness and patience. But here it's very uh, specific because um, not only is verse 13 specific, it seems like Paul is repeating himself in the same verse. Uh, He says, bearing with one another And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, right? So not only are you to bear uh, with one another, right? You must also forgive each other, he says. If one has a complaint against another, guess what you're going to do? You're going to forgive each other. Stop quarreling, right? That's not how God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, should act, Right. If we are to be Christ-like. And also, one thing to note, all these things is what being Christ-like is. Uh, These are the virtues of Christ. So, again, if one has a complaint uh, against another, forgiving each other. And it says, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. There it is, right? That's Paul repeating himself but by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So there's a reason why uh, that is put in there. There's a reason why um, the bearing with one another and if one has a complaint, forgiving each other. And then he goes back to that forgiving each other and he basically one-ups it. And he says, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. It's kind of like one of those reminders. Like we need to be reminded all the time. uh, The gospel Every day we must be reminded of the gospel. Because we we tend to think that um, good things and only good things uh, must happen to us. Well, when we're m- reminded of the gospel, we're reminded with what the Lord Jesus has gone through. So no matter what this day brings, now I can look up and praise God even through trials. Why is that? Because I am a child of God. I am a chosen one of God, right? When we're reminded of the gospel, we're reminded of what we deserve, right? We don't deserve God's goodness. Instead, we deserve God's justice, right? We have broken God's law, and because of that, there is punishment, and that punishment is is his wrath right his holy and just wrath but you see that's why the lord jesus came because we cannot save ourselves we were dead in our sins so one had to come like man so he took on flesh and he lived the life that we failed to live we sinned against god the lord jesus he did not sin against the father he lived a perfect life. And through that perfect life when he was put on the cross and died, he died a sinless. He died sinless, but he bore on himself the sin of the world. Right? He bore everyone who would put their faith in Christ, he bore their sins on a cross. So when he did that, the Father released his wrath, right? Appeased the wrath of God on Christ. So now we as Christians can now come into fellowship with God through Jesus. And that's the forgiveness that we received, right? God didn't just say, oh, you're forgiven. Uh, don't do that again. No, there's consequences to our sin. But you see, you did not pay for that consequence. The Lord Jesus did. And then he says, In verse 14, And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Paul says, Hey, put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. If One has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. You would think, Oh, those are all loving things, right? Those are things um, that are, that would be considered as loving or you could see someone's love through their compassionate hearts through their kindness through their humility through their meekness and patience right through their bearing uh with one another but what does paul say what says and above all these put on what put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony so let me read you in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all all knowledge, and I have all faith, so as to remove mountains but not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have and deliver up my body to be burned uh but have not love I gain nothing. We can do good works. We can do a bunch of good things, but if there if the motivation behind it is not love, then it's useless. Right? He then goes on and says, love is patient and kind, right? What did we talk about in Colossians just earlier, right? Kindness, compassionate hearts, right? That comes from love. So if you don't have love, guess what? You're not going to be able to show those virtues, those attributes. It says, love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Right? Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass. As for tongues, they will cease; And for knowledge, it will pass away. Uh, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide. So these are things that will never pass away. But there's a great one of those three. It says, These three, but the greatest of these is what? Is love. And why is that? Well, because God is love and God showed us his love through the death of his son. That is how God shows us his love towards us. And that should humble us. And that should really cause us to really think about the love of Christ, the love of God in Christ and look at that as an example on how we ought to love as christ love because once we are able to do that once we are able to recall god's love for us and understand uh, what that took then we would understand or we will begin to understand how it is that we must love one another again i mentioned how we must consider others more significant than ourselves right that's that's in scripture. And God calls us to uh, consider others more significant, right? They are more important than ourselves, right? And that should be our attitude because that was Christ's attitude. When he came into this world, um, he didn't put himself at, on a high pedestal. Uh, he didn't. He humbled himself to the point of his servant, right? To a point of his slave, it says. He took on flesh. He became part of creation. Right? He took on flesh. No, he, he was not created. He was not. Um, he lived perfectly aside or beside uh, the Father, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Right? The Word was with God. He was in perfect fellowship with God. And it says, and He was God. The Word was God. And then we continue reading. Verse 14, it says, And above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Right? And like I said, Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, all these things, forgiveness, um, come from love, right? Not the other way around. So, if you don't have love, guess what? You are not able to show a compassionate heart, especially the compassionate heart that God calls us to show. But, if you do have love, put on love, right? Which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And in verse 15, here it is, right? Here's the benefits you get by putting on love and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. So there it is, right? The peace of Christ. So when, when we understand the love of God towards us, when we understand what it is to be Christ like and start showing that on the outside, Not only believing it on the inside, but actually showing it, right? We let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, in our hearts. It says, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful, right? The gospel is the same for everybody, and we're all called to the same body. It says, and be thankful. Always be thankful for what the Lord has done for us and has given us, really, Um, Sometimes we can neglect uh, what the Lord has given us by His grace. Going back here, verse 16 in Colossians chapter 3, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts. All right, so if you guys remember or if you guys have gone through my Ephesians uh, episodes, season, right? My first season, Um, we talked a little bit about this, right? If we go to Ephesians chapter 5, I'm going to read from verses 18 through 21. Uh, But the focus is uh, verse 18. It says this, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. But yeah, if you go back to verse 18, it says, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. So, question. What is it to be filled with the Spirit? How can I be filled with the Spirit? Well, if we go back to Colossians chapter 3, Paul explains, right? He says in verse 16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness to your hearts. Going back, again, to Ephesians 5, 18, "...and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs." So we see that being filled with the Spirit is to let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. So, how can I be filled with the Spirit? Well, I would ask you the question, are you filled with His Word? If you're not filled uh, with His Word, if you're not overflowing with His Word, right, um, then you're not filled with the Spirit. Every single believer, the first word of Christ that is dwelling within us is the Gospel. We learn about the Gospel we heeded that call from God, and we came to Him, and we believed. right? So every believer, that's the first thing. But now, uh, God has given us the, a desire to want more, right? We have been given living water, and now the whole we recognize and see the word of God as alive and active. And because of that, we want more. So we keep reading. We keep wanting more. We keep learning. So, I would ask you the question, how much of the word of Christ is dwelling within you? And and is it dwelling in you richly? Because this is a command. The command is to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Another command is teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Again, um talking about church are you gathering with your saints with your brothers and sisters in the lord and not only that are you in a local church where you can gather with other believers to the point where you can teach and admonish one another in all wisdom how by singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs so are you singing to the lord with your brothers and sisters. Now, there might be people who would say, Well, I'm not a good singer, so I don't really sing. I'll just sing in my heart. I'll sing to myself. Um, how can you fulfill this? How can you admonish one another if you're not the one singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs? Because anybody who has truly been saved by God will sing aloud. Will let people know what just happened to you, or what has happened to you in the past, and you'll want to let others know about that. You'll want to um, even want to admonish uh, others, other believers, in all wisdom by singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and it says with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So again. The basis upon which why uh, we let the word of Christ dwell within us richly, why we teach and admonish one another in all wisdom by singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs is because of thankfulness in our hearts to God. Right? This is how God gets the glory. By us admonishing one another, teaching one another, by the word of Christ dwelling within us richly, and the idea of richly there is, is to mean abundantly, right? And that's why I said overflow. Does the word of Christ overflow? Um, because the idea there of letting the word of Christ dwell within you richly is to overflow with the word of Christ, right? And I'm not talking about, oh, the Lord gave me a word today. Oh, the Lord has spoke to me today. Like, no, 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 that's not God. Uh, What does God say in his word? What does he say? What has he said? Tell me about his word that is written and given to all of us. Tell me about that, because that is the word of Christ. And then it says, and in verse 17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So, he says, in whatever you do, right? So, that encompasses everything in your life. Whatever you do, it doesn't matter what you're doing. In word or deed, so in how you speak or in how you do, it says, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, I'll just mention when it says... In the name of the Lord Jesus, it doesn't mean that everything you do, you have to say, In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Like when we pray, you know, it, it is a custom to uh, say, In Jesus' name, Amen, right? Um, but in reality, what that means is just on the authority of. So to say, In the name of, is to say, By the authority of, and then it says, the Lord Jesus. So you could read that as, in whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the authority of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the father through him. And that's all that it means uh, to do things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is to just do it on the basis of him, right? On the authority of him. Because what does the Lord Jesus say when he returned, right? When he rose from the grave in Matthew 28. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And then he gives us a command. Go. So now, the command here is that we are to do all things in the name of the Lord Jesus. And why is that? Because we are believers. We are Christians. It's in our name, right? It's in that title, Christ-ian christian it says giving thanks to god the father through him thankfulness is a big thing it's a big thing and especially with paul and i think paul recognizes why it's so great paul was persecuting christians um taking them out of their houses, uh, who knows what else he would do to them, torture them, kill them. And the Lord saves him. The Lord calls him out of his sin. And now Paul is making much of Christ. So if anybody knows thankfulness, it is Paul. And in here, verse 15 and be thankful, right? Verse 16, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And now verse 17, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So, thankfulness is a big thing. And I, I would say, let that dwell uh, within you. Um, let that resonate in your minds, in your hearts, and be thankful, not only be thankful for the day the Lord has given you by his mercy, but be thankful for other brothers and sisters that he has also called to be his chosen one. And love on them. Pray for them. Right? Fellowship with them. And yeah, just reread. Verses 12 through 17, and meditate on God's word um, and gain wisdom. This is Follow Me to Heaven with Jonathan Romero.